This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex and intimacy coach and psychologist, and I have spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create and maintain meaningful relationships with sizzling sex without the shame. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Today the letter is I, and I is for injury. Joining me today is Sue Paulson. More than just a remarkable voice of her generation, Sue Paulson's wit and wisdom spans decades of experience. A conscious and empowered woman, Sue is no stranger to adversity. A near-death experience in 2007, combined with two bouts of cancer in 2011 and 2012, taught Sue to ride the roller coaster of life with grace, dignity, and compassion. During her growth through the most transformative time of her life, she came to embrace the magnificence that's inherent in each of us. Her latest book, Magnificent Misery, From Adversity to Ecstasy, shares her heart-wrenching adventures and inspires her readers to seek and honor their own magnificent. And this is available at Amazon.com. Welcome to the show, Sue. It's just a pleasure to be here, Laurie Beth. Um, I am really happy to have you. And this is an interesting topic. So um, we had spoken very briefly about, but today we're going to talk about injury, which is something people don't talk about, about how injuries, how people can get injured during sex mm-hmm. and how injuries from other situations can impact our, our sex and intimate lives. Um, and so I know we've both had experiences. What can you tell me about what happens for you? So in... Oh, let me think now. It was 2004 I started um, dating again. And in 2007, I was with a partner and through a rather, oh, I guess I would say a vigorous sexual encounter, we lacerated an artery high in the vaginal wall. Wow. And his... When he asked me, he said, are you bleeding? And I'm going, I don't think so. Well, an ambulance ride to the hospital put me into emergency surgery. And what I hadn't known at the time was the doctor, when I had been for a regular physical a few years earlier, had just mentioned kind of casually, well, you have some vaginal atrophy going on. And and I said, Oh, okay. Never thought to question it. Never thought to say, well, can we do something about that? Or what does that mean? Or whatever. I was just totally oblivious about that. Well, what it means is, is when the tissue is so fragile and so thin inside the vagina, then not only can you have irritation, but it could be life-threatening. So, I, fortunate, well, I'm still here. So, (laughs) 
Yeah, you're absolutely still here. So you were fortunate. But, you know, this is yet again another highlight about how little we're really told about our bodies um, and um, how little preparation we're given for the changes that we go through with aging. Uh, and, you know, so many women have a degree of vaginal atrophy that starts in the perimenopausal period. Um, and um, for some women, it just progressively gets worse. And, you know, one of the things that I remember um, a friend of mine talking about is feeling like that, um, there was sandpaper between her legs. Yes, yes. And, and the, the crazy thing is it's an easy fix. So once I had healed... Then, then um, the, the gynecologist put me on a, a special round of, of different kinds of, of treatment that, that just plumped up the tissue and made it essentially good as new. And the only, the only challenge with that, of course, is I ended up with a, a shorter vagina. And so I wasn't too sure what was going to happen sexually with a new partner. Yeah, um, and, and they, they, they do two different things when they do hysterectomy, if they chew a total hysterectomy. Sometimes they leave the canal open. Other doctors prefer not to do that. There's concern about infection risk, blah, 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 because you're basically leaving open into the cavity because there's no longer anything blocking. Um, and so when I had my full hysterectomy, he sewed the top up. But he didn't tell me that he was going to do that. I mean, it's, it's very common for them to do that. It makes the vagina a little bit shorter. Yeah. Um, but I had to actually ask. It's like, I remember calling the gynecologist and going, um, is it open or closed? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Like for some women, it's such an easy fix. For other women, it's a little bit more complicated. But... There's so much that can be done, yeah. but not unless you tell people. This nope. is also one of the reasons why people hear me say this all the time. Lube, 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 lube. Lube when you don't need it because micro tears when you're young and don't cause problems do create little bits of scar tissue that as you get older do cause problems. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and it was so interesting as I'm sharing my story with friends and, and other um, and, and young women who said, oh, my goodness, could that happen to my mom or could that happen to me? And I'm saying, well, <laughs> it happened to me. So maybe you want to check this out with your doctor. So I know there were lots of it was just an eye opener for all of us, because especially those of us who grew up as as teenagers in the 60s, wow, crumb, you didn't even talk about your period. Never mind, never mind anything more dramatic than that. <laughs> well, and I mean, I'm, I'm, the 70s weren't much better, let me tell you. Um, so, you know, I, rem I remember, you know, talking with people about these sorts of, about injuries. And it's so embarrassing. It feels so shameful to so many people. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of women um, who have had babies, um, even if they didn't uh, tear at the time of birth, can end up with a weakness at the very, very back part of the opening of the vagina into the perineum that will tear with vigorous sex. Um, and 
you don't even have to go into labor for that. My, my son was head down and got stuck in the birth canal. Well, it got stuck in the birth canal. He had a big head. And um, so they did a C-section. But I still, had, I still had that as an issue because he'd been bearing down for so long. Sure. And after the first few times that I had sex where it tore, and, and it's, uh, it's unpleasant, right? It, it hurts. It stings. Yep. Uh, oh, screw this. And I went into, I remember going in and I <laughs> went into the GP and it was a GP I didn't know. And it was this guy who was in his about 70. And I went in and I said, um, so the back of my vagina is torn from having sex. What, what can we do about this? And he went and he got a tube of lidocaine. <laughs> and I said, so you're telling me basically numb the area. And he said, yeah. And I was like, I looked at him like, is there something wrong with you? And he said, well, but the thing is, is if we stitch it up and we can stitch it up, then you're going to have scar tissue and scar tissue is more rigid. So scar tissue is more likely to tear. And so you get more scar tissue. And so you're better off letting it heal naturally and just not worrying about it. I was like, okay, fine. But again, nothing that I'd had any information on. And just like people, one of the questions men ask is, is, can you really break your penis? Sure. Yes, you can. And, and yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. And um, there's, it's not a bone, but you can do something to the muscle and ligaments, and it, you hear a crunching sound when it happens. Which kind of a mood, heart, kind of a mood dampener. <laughs> well, yeah, you usually also hear a scream, so it really is a mood dampener. <laughs> Just get in the way. But it, it's, I mean, for me, one of the big issues around this is that is that people just don't talk about any of this stuff. I mean, it's hard enough to get people to talk about their own desire, to get them to talk about sex before having sex. I'm amazed that still, and this is primarily heteronormative folk, um, you know, people who are um, outside of the normative group have to talk in order to figure out if they're compatible. So what that means is, is they don't jump into bed in the first five minutes that they meet, right? And they don't have sex a lot of the time before they have a conversation, which is great because they tend to have better sex. Um, But um, I still, people don't have conversations. And I hear people who will say things like, well, if it's right, you should just know what to do. (laughs) Well, I can remember when I found a new partner and, and we'd been out on a date several dates and and I'm going all right I really am attracted to this man and I know I need this conversation sooner rather than later this cannot happen as we enter the bedroom there is no way well I'll tell you and and I was convinced that as soon as I told him my story he'd walk that Mm -hmm. he'd just go out that door and say fine no worries about that and and he's gone well, but I thought, well, if that's the case, that's the case. I have to do this anyway. And so we, we had the conversation, and, and he looked me square in the eye, and he said, that took a great deal of courage to do, didn't it? And I said, yes, I did. And then he shared an intimate story of his own that, that was hard for him. Well, it opened the door for us to be able to then dialogue about that and, and 
decide or discover what was possible and what made sense and so on from there. And what might, you know, what, what's going to be enjoyable and what's definitely not going to be enjoyable. And, and it's really important to have these conversations and be, and be honest and frank. And, you know, there'll be people listening who are going to think that I'm saying this and it's like, well, you know, you're both older and of course it's older people. No, you know, there, there are loads of, there are loads of younger people that have their issues um, people can get injured at any time of life. People have all sorts of health problems that can cause problems with your genitals. That you know, hormonal changes will change textures, will change lubrication, and those are the things that we really need to talk about in order to make sure that sex is enjoyable for everyone. So we are about a minute from break. And when we come back, we talk some more about the other kinds of injuries that can happen, but also kind of dealing with illness and things and the embarrassment and some of the shame that comes from feeling like you're sometimes feeling like you're not perfect or being aware that you're not as young as you were. Um, um, and, and none of us is getting any younger, guys. We don't go backwards. It's, it's forwards. Um, and, and also, I'd love to talk about, you know, because I'm, I'm doing a lot of this these days, there, there seems to be a general consensus view that, that you know, we don't have sex anymore because we're over 50. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I always say I have more and better sex now than I did in my 20s. So, um, it's a lot to look forward to. And I, that, there are some reasons for that, I think. But we will be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and I have the incredible Sue Paulson with me. And we are talking. I is for injury today, and this is part two. So before the break, I said we were going to talk some more about the different kinds of injuries that people can end up having as a result of sex. And I thought I would tell you my, my most amusing injury story. 
I was dating somebody, this was um, in 1998, and um, we'd gotten a little bit high. And we were having sex, and the rhythm went off, and my nose crashed into his forehead. Like, I came up as he came down, Uh and I I heard a god-awful crunch. (laughs) And he said, are you okay? And I went, I think so, and we just kept on going. When he, um, the next day, he stayed over. And the next day, I was on the phone with my dad. My dad um, was a medical doctor. He was a radiologist. And uh, he said, um, so I live in England. And my, my dad was in the States. And he said, um, do you have a cold? And I said, no, um, no, I don't. I, I banged my nose last night. And he said, it's broken. Go to the hospital. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I sent my friend home because I thought, you know, why... You know, with my usual colorful language, why the fuck would I make you sit in an emergency room, right? I don't I'm quite capable of taking myself. I don't need your help. And I went off to the hospital, but I was embarrassed. And this is the thing. This is why why I tell this story, because when people get injured, they get really embarrassed when they've been injured in in bed. And so um, I was embarrassed. And so when they asked me what happened, I told them that I was dancing. Well, it's kind of a dance. (laughs) It was a dance, but it was a horizontal dance. But I said I was dancing and I, you know, and it was, uh, the nurse did not believe me. So um, it went from her to the next person, I guess it must have been the house officer who saw me. And I, and again, I said, you know, he said, how did you say I was dancing? And so, of course, what I didn't realize was that everybody was really worried that I was being abused. Ah, because it was sure. really, it, I mean, it was such a bad break. They had to reconstruct. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it was really bad. And, but I, you know, just, I just didn't want to tell the story. Um, and I got the third doctor who finally said to me, has somebody hit you? And I just, of course, went bright red. And I said, no, nobody's hit me. Um, and he said, well, why don't you tell me what really happened? And I said, because you're, it's going to become laughter around here. I don't want to tell you the story. Said, you know, no, we wouldn't do that. And I said, I've worked in hospitals. I know what happens, right? Yeah, exactly. But I, I said, look, this is what happened. You know, he was coming down. I was going up and I broke my nose on his, his forehead. He's like, yeah, hard forehead. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and, you know, that was, um, and for years, so I was embarrassed by that. And then I got over it. And I think it's a funny story. So for years, I would tell this story. And I'm still friends with this man. We're still really close. He's one of my best oh, friends. Oh, cool. Nice. And he would be absolutely mortified when I would tell the story. And one day, <laughs> one day, one of our friends turned around to him and said, why are you embarrassed? It's badass. You're so good that you broke her nose and she kept going. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'm not going to be embarrassed anymore. <laughs> no, there you go. Yeah, like, get over it. it. I have prowess, right? It was just so funny. That's right. But that's, you know, these are the kinds of things people, people's rhythm is off. People Sometimes it's just not predictable. Um, blood vessels breaking is actually quite common. Mm-hmm. You know, or, I mean, arteries is a big, big deal. But it, people yeah, break yeah. capillaries. People have venous leaks. Um, it, depending on where you are, what orifice you've decided to use and how much lubrication you know not the skin isn't exactly very robust in those areas 
No, no, absolutely. It, yeah, it's 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 fragile and it's sensitive, and and so any um, over exuberance or onslaught that is not normal can be too much. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and I mean, I think that's what people need to remember is we're talking about accidents. We're not talking about when people have decided consensually to play rough. Um, and even when people enjoy playing rough, accidents aren't fun. No. People are like, why is that? If somebody is, is, can enjoy like a painful sensation when they're consenting to it, why is it that an accident isn't fun? And it really is about preparation. Yeah. It's an unexpected pain. Well, exactly, because when things just don't go the way, um, maybe it's it's a gymnastics kind of thing, and you think you've got the mechanics of it worked out, and you didn't, <laughs> and you go, oh, oh, note to self, <laughs> let's not try that again. And, you know, I mean, it is definitely a factor of being older, for sure, that um, our bodies are not as flexible as they were, even those of us who were in the best shape. I am not one of those, but there are people I know who are in phenomenal shape. And even then, they're not as flexible as they are. Our joints have, have some wear and tear. Um, if you're unlucky like some of us and you have various forms of arthritis, I'm, I have autoimmune disease, then we have, I have joint and tendon issues. So, you know, there are lots of things that, that one needs to think about in terms of prevention of further injury and actually keeping sex enjoyable. So wedges are a thing. Pillow wedges are amazingly wonderful things to take the stress off joints. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had a I have a girlfriend who had two hip replacements and one of them didn't work well. And and she had no clue how things would work. And but fortunately she found a very a sensitive partner who was willing to just gently explore and 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 they do amazingly well now everything is just working just fine for them but th- there was some adjustments and and you're right that some of those different supports make make quite a difference yeah i mean it's it and a lot of times people don't think about that there are tailor-made ones the liberator is a company that makes a lot of different um shapes sure. which is nice um, but you can, you know, you can take one of the, um, the kinds of triangular TV pillows. You know what is also really good are, are um, breastfeeding pillows um, and things like that. Some of the bigger sure. breastfeeding pillows and those things work. And it's just about, you know, trying a number of positions until you find something that actually is going to work. Yes. Um, and that's going to be comfortable. You can also find that that's something that you might need to do if, if somebody is very large. Mm-hmm to get an angle of penetration that works. But again, you need to be able to talk about these things without being mortified. Oh, exactly. And and it's not unusual, I think, for, for one partner or the other to be a little bit hesitant. So somebody needs to start. And, and that 30 seconds or maybe only 10 seconds of, hesitation or embarrassment is worth going through to get to the point where you can actually talk more freely about it. And, and there's probably a sense of relief too 
sure. on both your parts because, oh, now we've opened the door. We can talk about this and and get past whatever because what is intimacy after all except largely how do we connect? And, and the connection just gets so much better sexually if, if you have that verbal and, and you feel safe and you trust the other person enough to just say right out loud, this is what's bothering me or this is what I'm concerned about. Yeah, and that, that ability to be vulnerable is what deepens the intimacy. For sure. You can't really be intimate unless you're willing to be vulnerable. Um, sex when, when you're not willing to be vulnerable ends up looking like a sport and there's nothing wrong with sport sex you know I'm not judging but it's not it's not deeply intimate if you're not willing to be vulnerable it doesn't mean it has to be slow vulnerability doesn't imply a particular style of sex it's just that willingness to be open with your feelings and talk about what's going on for you um, and talk about what your worries are and your concerns are yeah absolutely for sure which is definitely, um, I think, one of the more difficult things. We really don't teach that type of communication even now. No, no. Well, and when I was, I was doing a little research because I thought, well, I'm not the only one, I'm sure, that, that goes through this kind of thing. So what is there out there for books? And quite honestly, I found very little. I was, I was surprised at how little help there is for people, and you think of people who, who have, um, are, are having difficulty sexually because of some kind of illness, and, you know, it, so you go through cancer, and the, the chemo treatments take a round out of you, and they take a round out of your desire, and I know I had radiation that, um, because I had colorectal cancer, then I had groin burns that so bad that in the hospital they had to bring in the burn team well if i thought the the area was sensitive before <laughs> it really got sensitive and i want to i want to go into some of this in depth because we also don't talk about what to do with that what people desire and cancer is a big one that nobody wants to talk about but believe it or not we're just about at break because that went quick didn't it um, so we're going to continue talking about this afterwards and talking about some of the options that are available for people who have cancer, but also how you work your way through that. Um, I mean, radiation burns are no joke. No. Uh, and, and technically, you shouldn't have them. If the radiologist does it precisely well, you shouldn't have any burns. So that's always an issue. When they make a mistake, it can be a really big mistake. And it's not easily undoable. But we will be back in a couple of minutes after words from our sponsors. Stay tuned. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. With your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, 
Be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it is I is for injury. And we are on part three. And I am with the incredible Sue Paulson. And before the break, we were talking about um, when you had cancer and had radiation. So you said you had really bad groin burns as a result of the radiation. Yes, yes. It, the, the cancer was located, um, for me, it was located right just inside the opening of the rectum. Right. So, of course, that's where they had to target well to be able to not have any fallout from that. Fortunately, my recovery, they they did have a like a kick-ass burn team that came in and and they had stuff that, that worked really, really well to begin that healing process. But it, it took some time. And <clears throat> I was on some pretty heavy-duty meds to heal or to deal with the pain that was part of that. And, oh, absolutely. That'll be, yeah. that'll be every heavy opiate because that's, that's an enormously bad pain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and then <laughs> to add insult to injury, the... Um, Radiation did not work, and when the cancer came back, all I was left with was a um, a full um, kind of extraction where I ended up with a permanent colostomy bag. Mm-hmm. So, so then comes the the challenge as I've got to the point where I'm I'm more interested in resuming what I would consider to be a, a normal life, and I'm going all right. Do I tell my prospective partner? that I have a colostomy bag before or after I mentioned that my gi- my vagina is now about as small as a golf pencil. <laughs> like, oh, okay, what am I going to, where do I put this in? Yeah, exactly. You know, but it, it, it is one of those things. There's um, um, a number of people I've known and a couple of pretty well-known folks who, um, for a variety of reasons, Crohn's is one of them, have permanent colostomies. And um, there's been some great documenting of that, or ileostomies, and some great documenting of that um, on YouTube and and speaking about how that impacts intimacy. Um, And, you know, that, I get asked, I get asked questions about when do you tell people about things of this this size. Um, 
do you wait till you've been dating for six months? Da, da, da. And I'm like, no, you get attached to somebody who's going to have a problem with whatever it is you're presenting, whether it's, um, it's, it's something like colostomy, some, some, a physical disability, a physical problem, or a, a kink, or, you know, or a desire that's outside the norm. If you wait six months and you're you know, really emotionally into each other and the person goes, ooh, it's a pretty awful feeling. You may as well have that reaction at the first date because you know you don't want to deal with them anymore. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, get it, get it done right away. Absolutely. Yeah. I imagine that really has a huge impact on partner choosing. Well, sure, because I got to the point where I thought I need to know someone extremely well before I'm so so casual dating is not an option any longer. That's just off the table. And 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 I'm okay with that because I wasn't that much of a casual dater anyway. But to look for another partner that, that you might consider to be a life partner and to have that conversation and then see what's going to happen, it's, it's an interesting challenge. And, and of course, the, the, the whole self-esteem, self-worth issue comes into it because for quite a few years, I thought, well, no one's going to want me now. I'm damaged goods. That's it. And and dealing with that has been a very interesting road to to turn that around. And that is a very common one, you know. Um, and women who have mastectomies, um, whether Precisely. it's one or or both, that is one of the hugest things before they have reconstruction. If they don't have reconstruction, there's you know all this thing about our 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 attractiveness and our sexual allure is so much bound up in our bodies. Yes. It, because of the, the way society deals with things. You know, we don't, we don't, it's really about energy, but, but it's really bound up in our bodies. So if our bodies are changing in a way that we don't like, um, that really makes it very difficult for people to approach even even partners that they've had, yeah, you know, that, that's one of the big ones. Is is yeah. you know stopping this, the libido goes away and the partner's like, but I really want to be close to you. And it's like, no, I don't want you to touch me. Not because yeah. you're going to be horrified. I'm horrified. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Well, and and I think it's a part of the part of the conversation between a couple needs to, especially if they've been a long-term couple and then, and then tragedy or adversity has struck. And then part of the conversation is how can we be connected intimately? Like, like let's not stop touching. Let's not stop cuddling. Let's not stop. But sometimes all of that goes away because one assumes that the other can't, won't, whatever, and then we've got a miscommunication going on. Well, that bites. <laughs> yeah, well, and but the other part of it is, is that a lot of times people have so connected physical affection with leading to sex, even if it was over days, right? Yeah. That they stop kissing intimately because it's a, it's the same, it's the same monogamy escalate, monogamy hangover, I call it the same escalator that people go on. Like if they date, they, they're always looking, what's the next step? What's the next step? But yeah. it's the same thing. It's this 
oh, but we must go further. Oh, but this must be leading to. And so they don't, because they don't want the end game. Yeah, exactly. They, they pull back from everything, but then they get more and more distant because now there's no touch. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's hard to find a way back from there. Oh, no kidding. And, and I think that's part of the, the challenge that we all face is we tend to think of, of, of sex as the, well it, well, it starts at A and it ends at, well, in Canada, it ends at Z and in, in the in States, England, it, it ends, ends at Z. Z. Yeah. yeah, and in England, it ends, it ends at Z too. So, yeah. Okay, okay, there you go. And, and, but, of course, every little piece along the way can be totally fulfilling and, and satisfying if we just change the, the, the picture in our heads. Yeah, and I, I, I do spend an awful lot of time with people, particularly when, when something has gone wrong, looking at, you know, like outer course instead of intercourse, you know, there, that yeah, there's yeah. so much you can do without penetration. And that, I'm not saying there's anything negative about penetration, but for some people, either they can't mm-hmm. or, um, you know, it's for some men, the uh, erectile dysfunction is persistent and they don't want to take or they cannot take medication to deal with it. And right, for right. some um, people with female bodies, well, you know, it, it's sometimes atrophy isn't easy to reverse. Sometimes no. there is pain and it's persistent pain. And so you start to look at other ways so that you're not totally focused on intercourse. And, yes. and what I found working with people is if they relax around it and pull back from it and do a lot of other satisfying things, sometimes they can build a little bit of that back in. Sure. But they've got to come away and, and explore other things that they can enjoy. But there's so much shame around that, too. Um, oh. I find really sad. Yes. It, well, it is sad because, to me, you know, here we are born magnificent beings and and our sexuality and our sensuality is a huge part of that i mean what would we be without our senses yeah. and and so so you give up the sense of touch you give up the 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 closeness and well then what that that then life looks kind of bleak yeah. well no no we so somehow we need to start talking more about this and and um, which is why I was so delighted with the work that you're doing, Lori Beth, because, oh, my goodness, it, it, nobody's talking. And, and we just have to. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, it's such a big deal to me that we talk and we get good information and we think outside the box and we realize that actually we're, we're quite clever, resourceful beings and there's a lot of things that we can do and some of that, I think sometimes, I don't know what you think about this, but I think sometimes people just get too adult about everything. <laughs> That's right. And they forget that sense of awe and excitement when you used to play when you were a kid. Exactly. And that, that exploration. And sometimes I'll say to people, you know, remember when you were five and six and you were playing doctor out behind, you know, wherever, you know, the hut or the house or the carriage or wherever it was because you really wanted to kind of see what the other one had and you were interested and it was cool but there was nothing heavy about it that sort of sense of wonder and and excitement and interest is something that really should never go out of sex 
no. Oh, no. No, that whole playful element is, is so key. But so many people are so serious. <laughs> they, they're mortified. If something goes wrong and everybody starts laughing, they're mortified. Like, everything's ruined. You know, no, it's not ruined. You're allowed to laugh. I mean, please don't, please don't laugh. Ha ha point. But you are allowed to laugh. Sometimes things, you know, with the best will in the world. I mean, oh my God, I've, I I know I've gotten into some positions, you know, you just try something and it it doesn't work. And you're like, how the hell did we get over here? And you just fall on the floor laughing because it was just like, you missed it by a mile. What happened? It's that sort of thing. And exactly. it should be fun. There should be laughter. And if I'm not laughing with my partners, I know something's wrong. Yeah. That, that is, for me, one of the biggest red flags. So we are about to take our last break, and we'll be back at the last segment in a couple of minutes after words from our sponsors. We look forward to seeing you in a few. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it is I is for injury. And I've got the amazing Sue Paulson with me. We were talking about play just before the break. And I said, for me, one of the biggest red flags is if I, if, when I stop laughing with my partners. Um, and I do, I can get too serious. There are times where I'm just like too serious. And um, that usually is a, is a key to me that something's wrong. Not necessarily between us. It, it might just be my own stress, but it tells me yeah. something's wrong. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I find that, that when we can laugh and be playful with a partner, that in itself is an even deeper level of intimacy that we don't often think about. We think really, like, how intimate is that, that you are comfortable enough and at ease enough with this other person that maybe things didn't go quite as anticipated, and then and then you just start to laugh. And I think of, of blended families where where the the couple are newly together, and 
and the kids come in at, at inopportune times and so on, and you get interruption after interruption, and finally, oh, well, we just give that up for tonight. Well, what can you do but just laugh about that? Absolutely. I, I, you know, it, one of the things that I love to do, I, I started uh, recently, I do a monthly um, exclusive evening event called an erotic fireside chat. And cool. what I do is the first part is an erotic reading and the second part is an activity and you don't get told the activity before you come. And what I want is to send people out with, with another skill, with another set of ideas, with something new, or maybe something they just haven't done in a while, but just something they can take away. And most of the activities that I've got scheduled at the moment are things that are fun. It's play. It's adult play. Yeah. And I'm asking people to, to collect things before, right? Like, so I'm asking sure, them to sure. bring things. And I expect people to be incredulous and laugh because we want that. We want that. Laughter also burns off anxiety. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, and we get into this whole performance thing. And, I mean, how, how do we even know how we measure up when nobody's talking about it anyway? That's <laughs> so, right. <laughs> if it was good for you and good for your partner, well... Hello. Yeah. I mean, that's all that matters. And, I, you know, there, there's nothing to measure up to. Yeah. Um, you know, that's all that matters. Are you guys having a good time? Are you being good to each other? I don't care how, how you do yeah. it, what your fancy is. You know, there are loads and loads and loads of different things out there to do as we talk about them every week on this show. But you <laughs> Absolutely. should be having fun. You should be having fun. Oh, yes. I, one of the other areas is because is, we touched on this in talking about cancer, but the recovery from illness is somewhat different from injury. Yes. Oh, it, it, libido goes. Okay, we know that. We know that that's one of the problems is libido will go. And, and one of the problems when libido is gone is that it truly is gone. We don't think about sex. When, we, when our libido is really low, we don't think about sex. Therefore, we don't want sex. And it's, it's a vicious circle. And if somebody starts something with us, sometimes it's fake until you make it. Like as it starts, it's feeling good. And so that's great. But then if you still don't have libido, you won't initiate again. Right. So back in that thing. But what, what have you found the biggest challenges in getting back into physical intimacy? Well, for me, the... Um no question, it took a while for my body to begin responding. And, but I guess I, and, and so some of it, it was just a time factor and healing. And, and then, then the biggest challenge was being able to open up to, in my case, to a new partner and, and being willing to consider that that part of my life could still be active, that it wasn't mm-hmm. over. Um, I know lots of women who just flat out give up and say, oh, and, then, and they're in their early 50s. Well, I'm 70, and I'm going, there is no way that, I, like, I, I, I told the doctors, I said, look, don't be messing with my vagina because I plan to have an active sex life until I'm at least 95. Absolutely. <laughs> See, I know, like, I mean, my, my husband and I laugh, um, he had a heart attack um, at, at one month into lockdown, and he's fine. But the, like one of the first things he asked the doc, one of the first questions, both of us, when can he have sex? He's sixty-three. Yeah. So the two of Good us were like, you. "I'm fifty-seven. He's sixty-three. We're like, when can we have sex?" 
Yeah. And exactly. so the, the nurse, you could hear the blush because we were on the phone. You could just, I, I guess she's bright red and she kind of stuttered and she said, well, you can resume relations when he can um, um, go up the stairs three times in a row without puff, right? <laughs> a worthy goal. <laughs> right? And I was like, great, let's get working, right? Yeah. Okay, go up the stairs right now. <laughs> it's like, one of the big things was, well, whatever you're going to give me, let's make sure it's not going to screw with my erections and my libido and like, you know, yeah. the, the whole conversation. But I'm aware that lots of the times people don't ask and the doctors don't volunteer. No, they don't. And no. I, you know, this is, and, and you're right. A lot of people, even I'm, you know, I'm 57 and I am nowhere near finished. And I know a lot of people, women in particular in their early fifties, where if they've had a bad menopause, they have cancer or they need to have a hysterectomy, mm -hmm. they say, well, that part of my life is over anyway. Yeah. And, and that, that's pretty sad. It's incredibly sad. Yeah. But also many of them weren't educated into pleasure in the first place. No. And um, don't understand self-pleasure, which is a key to getting through this. You know, oh, where yes. you start your healing is by learning your new body, because now you have a new body there are changes and you have to learn your new body so you can teach a partner your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and one of the results of when I had had the um, trip to the hospital with the encounter was my women friends said, you know what? We're all of the same age. We're in our fifties. We don't really know that much about our bodies. So we called up the, I called up one of the, the toy companies and I said, we want a woman who is close to our age so she gets what we're experiencing, not the young ones, because they, they have different things going on. Well, I had people driving three hours to come to this gathering. We had the best time and we had more laughs and we learned more than I, I was shocked at how much we didn't know based on, on what this gal was showing us. And, and we ran the full gamut. It was great. Uh, and that's fantastic. I'm, I'm actually appearing on um, somebody else's podcast tonight. Raylene Taskowski has appeared on mine a number of times. She does. Um, she has a company called Stand Up um, Comedy Sex Ed. And she, cause she's very nice. funny. And she does sex education with comedy and she sells toys and introduces, and she's got the widest age range of people. We talk about this a lot, how, you know, it's amazing to me how often women don't know their own bodies. I remember being in a session with a 65 year old woman and I was talking, you know, we were talking about pleasure and desire. And I was saying, well, you know, of course, you know, you only see a very, we all, we're only, seeing a very small part of the clitoris and she said what and I said did you not know that that's the bit on the outside that you can touch is the, the very tip the rest comes back in big horns you know really yeah <laughs> you know we have a lot of erectile tissue you just don't see it you feel it exactly you don't see it you can feel it in the vagina and you can feel it from the anus different parts of it um, and, and she was absolutely, I mean, I got my little model out, and, you know, and I was sitting there doing anatomy. And she had two children and, um, mm -hmm. and had many partners. 
And she had never taken a mirror and looked between her own legs. Oh, my goodness. Yep, sure. Oh, that's not unusual. That's for and sure. I, I, yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, now I have to remember to tell people that they need to go look at their own bodies. Absolutely. And I have to remind women that just like men are all different shapes and sizes, so are women. Mm-hmm. And then when you start talking with people who aren't necessarily identifying in, in male, female, gender, then it's a whole different set of things. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So it, it, it's fascinating to me that we don't talk about this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that we somehow think it's shameful to talk about it. And I find, I just find it sad. Um, where can people get hold of you if they want to uh, find your work? I know you said it was on Amazon, Mm -hmm. but where else can they find you? All right. So I have a website called yourmagnificencementor.com. Cool. And there's a link on the website to my app. I I have my own app called the Magnificence Mentor, and it's a free download, and anybody can Uh, access it. If you sign up as a member, there's even more free content on there. There's videos, articles, all about how you go about being magnificent. And it's just been lots of fun to put together. And I have a a cool, it's fun that it's it's a Friday because I do a little video each week called Frivolicious Friday. So, so we'll, we'll, um, anybody can watch that and have some fun with that. So that's how they can get hold of me. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you guys had a good time. And next week, the letter is J, and J is for Jumblefuck. Have fun thinking about that. If you want to learn more about the A to Z of sex, here are three easy ways. One, head over to A to Z of sex.com and grab the two excerpts from the forthcoming book and have a look at the blog. Number two, get the self-guided 30-day program, which you can find on the A to Z of sex Dot com and it's called the A to Z of Sex. And number three, head over and join the free Facebook group, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's membership group. In the group, I do um, two different lives a month, and one of them is a Q&A called Ask Me Anything. And at the moment, I'm running a reviews contest. The first person to leave a review after this show will receive a free ticket to my virtual retreat in January 2021. It's a two-and-a-half-day event packed full of content, and general entry tickets are £79 each. The second person to leave a review will get a £25 Amazon gift voucher, and the third through fifth people to leave reviews will each get £10 Amazon gift vouchers. Have a fantastic week. Please, please, please stay safe, but have fun. Think about new and interesting ways to connect with each other physically and intimately. I look forward to seeing you all for the letter J. Have a great one. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.